Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Samara and Alex, once again, for leading us today. And uh, well, good morning once again. I am excited to be with us as we are continuing uh, our series called Realign. Realign. And we're looking at just some foundations, some purposes that God has made you for. And we're just kind of looking at these and helping our lives line up with them. Anytime you want to realign something, you get a template of how something is supposed to be. And then you lay out above that or with it, however it goes, and to see how things are now. And it helps you line things back up again. So whether it's your back needing some alignment or a car uh, or whatever it may be, maybe an attitude, I don't know. But we just need that in our lives right now to look back at how God has made us. And when we understand these purposes, these callings that God has made us for it helps us to live life well, because life has been very interesting, and even though we're trying to move forward, and there's some great things happening, and there's also a lot of challenges. We can feel like we're always hitting up against this, but we can live life well. We can live life with purpose. And so today we're going to continue to look at these callings that God has made for us to, made us to live for, as this is as individuals and as a church family, and it helps us see these principles that we live out as a church here in this city. So one of those is to go, that we've been called to be sent. We talked about that last week. God made us to go and to be sent. And uh, we talked about that on purpose because yesterday we did Go Jersey City. And it's not just something we do to volunteer and serve in the city. Yeah, that we want to impact organizations. But this is something that comes from, from how we are made and what we're passionate about. It comes from a deep place of love for others and a love for you. And I really believe that showed yesterday and it was incredible to do that with everyone. And, and for those of us new here today, it is great to have you here. You've picked a great Sunday to be with us, and you're invited into this. We, we are passionate about you and connecting you to community. We want to keep that going this summer. But as we begin Realign today, I have a, a slight confession to make um, about a, a something crazy. Not crazy. This, I don't know. This is a t total awful setup. Anyway, um, Back, I remember back in high school, in my desire to have identity and to belong, uh, we did this. We had this thing, and it, at the time it was fading. I don't even know if it's, do they do it anymore, but uh, my school still had what are called Letterman jackets. Do you guys know what this is? Some of you are like, what in the world? I don't know if they still do this today, um, but I mean, it's not a... I'm not dissing it at all. If it, anyway, but letter, if you were... Typically, it's associated with sports, so in, in high school... For those of you who don't know, uh, if you lettered, you could letter in a sport. So if you were varsity or there's usually some requirement, you play so many games or you do some specific thing, I don't know, score many goals, I don't know what it is. But you would get a letter, and so you could get a jacket uh, that has your school colors and then a patch of your school logo, and then you get a letter for whatever sport you lettered in. And it was, it's, it's been a while for, around for a long time, and at the time I felt like it was a little old school, but I don't know, it just wasn't really for me, but I decided to get it anyway, and the really weird thing was, I was doing sports, but I was also doing music, and our school decided that music was also going to be a part of that, and it was weird because it was always been a sports-identifying type of thing, like the jocks wear the jackets, right, the sport, and so, and then like, so the funny thing was, I lettered in music before I lettered in sports, like I hadn't quite got to varsity teams, and so several people are doing it, and I got this jacket, and I put it on once. And I was like, nope, no, no, I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. And I had it for other friends that did it. But man, it just wasn't me. Maybe I just wasn't confident like to rock this thing. I don't know. But uh, thankfully, I don't have any pictures of this. Um, but anyway, it's interesting what we do. 
uh, to create. And for me, that just I didn't need that to show my identity uh, that I was going to let her in tennis <laughs> or whatever it was. I, and so, it's, but 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 you know we but we love it's not a bad thing. We love to do things that show uh, that we belong, that show that we're part of something. And you know we did this yesterday for Go Georgia City. We had everybody had the same shirt on, and we just went out. And, and flooded the city, and it's just fun to belong. And the truth is, you've been made for this. This is an actual calling on your life. You are called to belong. And so when we started this series, I, I talked about how every one of us has been called of God. If you are a Christ follower, he's called us out to live lives and purpose. And calling and purpose go together. God has called us. And so we're looking at the, the purposes that God has made us to live. And you might not, you might, you know, have something that you know, like, like specifically, God has called me to come and do this in this way, but you may not have it at a specific idea. And that's great because if you live out these principles, you will experience purpose. And so you are called to be loved by God. That's the first one. And then you're called to be sent, to go. When you love others, You'll experience purpose. And today we're going to talk about the calling to belong. God does not intend for you to go through life on your own. Hebrews 2.10 says this, God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children share his glory. One of the things as, as Christ followers we declare, we declare that God is the ultimate thing for us. And, and for us, Christ, uh, Christ came as the Son of God to show that God exists. But we also know that he, he gave up his life, and then he, uh, he died, and he was, he was resurrected, raised from the grave, proving that he has even the power over death and the grave. And so we, we say that he is the most incredible thing that we could pursue. And, that's, and our lives are, are really for him. Our identity, everything is in him and for his glory. And all the other things for pleasure and satisfaction that we chase in our life are nothing compared to who he is. And so he's made us for that. And so God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. It's the best thing that he could ever ask us to do and to be part of. And so the third purpose of my life is that God formed me for his family. And our call to belong, it leads us to a purpose that God has formed me for his family. Going back to a, a foundational scripture verse in this series, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1.5 says, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's why I say he's made a way for us to, to be with him even though we, we broke it off, that's the story that we share. The story of God is that he made everything incredible and perfect and beautiful. And any kind of beauty that you seek and, and experience in this world is a reflection of that original beauty. But we came in and screwed it up. We said, no, we've, we want to do it our way. And we kind of still do this in our lives. And we brought in what we call sin and we broke it. But God, God, God giving us freedom to choose knew that we would kind of mess things up. And so his plan for the beginning was to send Jesus to, to help redeem and restore all of this back to him and to adopt us into his family and so that's he's formed me you for his family and so who what is his family well god's family is called his church 
That's called his church. So that's what we, when we talk about church. It's, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. It's a very interesting word for many of us. The first Timothy 3 says, I am writing to you so that you will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church of the living God, the support and foundation of the truth. So God's family is called his church. And so then you and I are called to belong to his church family. Now, it'd be better for me to say, belong to his people. Belong to his people. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are no longer visitors or strangers. Now you are citizens together with God's holy people. You belong to God's family. You are among those, in Romans it says, you are among those who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. You've been called to his church. But like I said, it would be better to say you've been called to his gathering, his people, because that word church is actually misinterpreted. Like a couple hundred years ago, someone in in Europe was like, they were translating, they took that word, is a a Greek word, ecclesia, I'm I'm not a scholar, just so you know, but he took this Greek word, ecclesia, and made it into a word that, that represented a building. And that's what most of us think about the church. You're called to belong to this building. We can hug this structure. That's what we think of when we hear the word church. But that's not what he meant. When Jesus said the word ecclesia, he said this out loud. He says, my, my ecclesia is going to go forth when I, when I rise in, into heaven. And it will not be stopped. It will continue on forever. And we've seen that. That is, a, is something that Jesus predicted and has happened. And it's one of the reasons why we know we can, we can believe in him. But it meant the called out. It meant the gathering. That's what it actually means. It's a gathering. It's a people. The church isn't an event I, at, I attend or a place that I go to. It is a family I belong to. You are called into a relationship, a connection. This is what God has been showing us from the beginning. So it's kind of we have to think differently when we hear this word church. It reminds me of this, uh, it's funny, with that uh, interaction I have with some neighbors. We, we were friends with uh, people on our block, and, and we went camping with them, and we had been in the city for a while, but, and they were like, what are you, like their first question to us when we were hanging out together, they we were just getting to know each other better, you know, like, they're like, what are you doing here? Because at the time, I was pursuing starting a church, but I was working in customer service at night in the waterfront. It freed up my daytime. And, and so they're just like, what are you doing here? It didn't quite make sense. And so we said to them, well, we're here. We, want, we believe God's called us to start a church here in Jersey City. That's what we're pursuing. And they were baffled. Like, they were like, wait. And it was a, it was a really funny thing for them to hear. Because their only interaction growing up in any kind of way was the church was, it was a, they grew up Catholic, and the church was just a building, a huge cathedral. And so when they heard this, they were like, well, their reactions were amazing. They are like, how in the world, what do you even do? How do you start that, really? And then they're confused because there's so many cathedrals even in downtown. They're like, why would you need to, like, and it was, it was so different. So maybe some of that's, and so then we were, it was kind of interesting for us. We're like, no, we it, we're wanting to start a gathering of people, and, and so it, was, it created like a, a funny conversation together, and we got to know each other better, but that's, but that's what Jesus was calling us to. And maybe, maybe for some of you, one of the reasons you're drawn to this church is because your idea of it before has just been about a building or an event, but maybe you're beginning to experience in this church family the, 
the connections and relationships that God has made us for. I'm not saying, now, being together in a building is great, too. I'm not dissing that. I, some, I love coming into a, a cathedral and worshiping God. And it just, it just speaks to the awe of Him. And so I, I'm not saying that's awful, but I just want us to know that He's called us to a gathering. And He's called us to a gathering. There's absolutely something beautiful about the excellence of giving God glory through worshiping Him in the buildings that have been created all over the world. And so you're made to belong. So let's look at what this means. And when we look at the Scriptures and God's story to us, we see five metaphors to belonging. Let's just talk about the benefits of belonging. I'm just going to go through the five metaphors. So here they are that we see all throughout Scripture. We see a metaphor of family, a temple, a body, a flock, and a garden. These are all metaphors that God uses. It's really interesting as you look through. So let's just look through these together. Uh, and, and, and this one, this first one is significant. Um, but it's, it's the first metaphor is a family. This is used all over. And honestly, I've been saying this word already. I've been mentioning it out loud. He, you know, God, God wants us to be a family. God doesn't want his children to be orphans. And so for each of these metaphors, we're going to have a point for today. So if you want to take notes, the first one is this. In God's family, I learn my true identity. We'll have a point for each metaphor. So in God's family, I learn my true identity. And identity is such a huge thing. Like we, you know, why do we wear brands like Roca or Vans or whatever it may be? We wear, why do we wear brands? Well, we wear brands to belong. I mentioned that earlier in the story at the beginning. And what about logos? We wear stuff with logos. Like I'll wear a Yankees shirt or a Yankees hat or whatever it may be. And you got things that you may wear. We wear logos to identify. Like I, I identify with this, whatever it may be. And, then, and I identify with whoever is playing against Boston, all right? So, like, right now, I'm rooting for the, some of you. I don't know. Like, we, we always have some Boston connections. So, uh, so, right now, I'm a big Golden State fan. Not a bandwagon. I'm just a bandwagon of whoever's playing Boston. And so, uh, I'm very happy about Golden State's last win in Boston. Uh, we love to see those fans be disappointed, right? So, there you go. But we do this to identify, Hopefully nobody walks out right now. Uh, I'm actually purposefully rubbing people that are part of our church family. So that's part of being family, right? We just love to, to, to mess with one another. So there you go. Uh, but what's interesting is the reality is most of our identity comes through relationships. It comes through relationships. You be a daughter, a son, husband, father, grandmother, your friend, or you're a teammate. I'm a pastor. It speaks of a relationship we have. And when these connections are bad or they're broken, my identity suffers. I'm crushed. If a divorce happens or there's a huge fight or if you're fired from a job or a, 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 like a, a significant other is sick or is hurting. We, we, we're crushed and we begin to ask the, the foundational questions of who am I? Why am I here? What's interesting is the majority in, in the United States, the majority of prison inmates grew up without a dad. It's not every single one of them, but the majority grew up without a father 
in their life. It's, it's fascinating. When our connections, our relationships are broken, our identity suffers. I think a lot of the anger that we see and experience in our world today comes from feeling a disconnection from God. And that's really at the core of all of this is that we've been broken off from him. And we, we feel that whether you are, you know, would identify or even recognize that or not. And we're kind of angry at God and we, and we, we suffer and we, we feel that. And so a lot of times we just, we lash out at him or we feel ashamed. We, we respond in all different kinds of ways. But I believe that's really the core of all of that. Our relationships have been disconnected. But the good news is that you are, you can be part of God's family. You can be brought back to him. That's why he's coming after us, that he loves us first. The first calling for us is that we're loved by God. How can we love others unless we experience his love? He is love. Any kind of a feeling or, or thought of love has come from him. If you look into history, that purpose of loving others, that concept has come from our Judeo-Christian heritage. That's where it all originates from. It's because that is who God is. And so you might say, well, my family was dysfunctional. I don't know how to experience a family. <laughs> like, how do I do that? Or it, it was broken, or my family, I feel like, was non-existent. And that's the good news is that you can be part of his family. Ephesians 2.19 says, you are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. God is that perfect, loving, heavenly father. This family is the most important thing that you could pursue. It is permanent, it is secure, and it will last forever. This is your spiritual identity. Hebrews 2.11 says, Jesus and the people he makes holy all belong to the same family. That is why he isn't ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. I love that because have you ever had a brother or sister you're ashamed of? <laughs> You go into public, like, please don't do this. Please don't. You're right. or, I don't I remember, For some reason, like, this in my life has all come out at funerals. And, and I don't like, like, there's like, we call it the bad sheep of the family. Like, I remember one funeral from my grandmother that um, we had this one cousin we would never see because he was just like off. And he came with his jaw wired shut. He had been in the bar fight. And honestly, I felt so bad for him because, like, he was like, of all time for me to have made this decision, like, have to, you, got, you have to go to the funeral. It was his grandmother. And it was kind of like we always knew about, like, there's that one part. Like, there's just that. I remember in the other side of the family, you guys were like, you guys going to be like, man, your family's messed up. I'm like, welcome to the world. Everybody, but uh, my other side of the family, we were at my, my grandmother's funeral. And her brother, and she had, she had a brother and a sister. And they, her brother had not talked to them, or they hadn't talked to him for decades. He had done something to cheat them out of property, and that was it. And we were all wondering, is he going to show up? And he did. He walks in the room, the, the air is like sucked out of it. And we're like, whoa. Well, my cousin and I, we were like, let's go talk to him. We didn't, we had no emotional tie to this. It's a story before our lifetime. And we're like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> like we, we he, to us, he was like an infamous guy. We've been hearing these stories. It was amazing because he actually went up and hugged his sister that was still alive there. And that was a beautiful thing. But, you know, so we've all, we've all done shame, something to make us feel shame. And this is what's so beautiful about what Christ has done, is that he 
came and took the shame for us. And so God views us. He exchanged his glory and gave it to us. And it says that is why he isn't ashamed to call you his brothers and sisters. By belonging to God's family, you discover your true identity. And this is key for us because whatever is happening, whatever broken relationship happens, if you lose your job and if your identity is in your job, you're devastated. But no, we know that we're called to something greater. That's not dependent upon this relationship working out, this circumstance working out, this city working out, my neighborhood or my apartment. There's all these things. We can rest in the sec- this, how secure we are with him. And we all need that. So we are a family. The second metaphor is this. We are a temple. A temple. Such an interesting word to say. We are like a building erected for the glory of God. It's a, it's a, it's a metaphor of reflection of who he is. We're reflecting God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you realize that all of you together, love that word, together are the temple of God and his spirit lives in you? Then we think about a building, right? I'm, I, my first point is that we're not a building, and here I am talking about how we're the temple of God. So, so just help me out. <laughs> but but we, it, if you look at a high rise going up, and we watch this happen. Like if you live in the city, that's all I've ever done. I've worked across from high rises going up. I've lived across high rises. And I'm, it's fascinating to see all this, especially they, when they go down, down, down forever. And when they start to go up, it's, you're like freaked out about how fast it goes. And, and all the workers look like ants. And you just see all these pieces. And you'll notice if you pay attention that there are thousands and thousands of parts to build this thing. And what's more important is all these parts had to fit together. Like they need to fit perfectly to a quarter inch. It's got to be straight and all these different things. So a beam half inch too short, it can't support things properly. A pipe is one inch too long. It's not going to be able to connect. So to be strong and stable, everything has to connect. Has to connect. And if you'll notice, there's also a lot of spare parts laying around. You ever see that? Like, how can this construction site be this dirty? Like, this seems crazy. There's just parts everywhere. And so they're in the building. So a piece of pipe can be in the building, but not actually a part of it. It's not actually part of the building. And this is like some of us here in, in, in the church family. And some of you are in the building or in, in doing things, but you're not really part until you get connected. Until you are connected. So why did God choose this temple? Why do we see this? It's because in a, in a, in a building, things are connected. Connected parts hold each other together. Many times in life, you need others to hold you together. You can't live life on your own. And so the, the point that goes with this is in God's temple, I am supported by others. I am supported. Like a strong structure of a building, we support and hold each other up. Here's one of the, the, the scripture verses that show us this. In Ephesians 2, it says, it says, In Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. 
And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And I love this because it's a picture of an active, loving God who is leading all of us together a part of his story, to be part of his family. And he is constantly doing this work. We are being formed in him. And so that's why we, we, we come to him and say, that's where the core part of, of coming to Christ is admitting that I've got brokenness, admitting that I've sinned, that I've done wrong, that, I, that I'm not perfect and I have things. And so it's God, we're asking God to form us and to shape us. This, this part of my life, this pipe is, is too long. It's not really getting connected. And we help each other see this together. God is using us to shape us together. And I think that is a beautiful thing to see. You too are being built together to become I love that phrase, to become. A disconnected frame will collapse. It's like Legos, right? Legos have one purpose. They're created for connection. But until something has come out of it, you know, it's just, they're just scattered all over the grounds. I think about this because my, my kids have these Legos and they make these really cool projects and they just connect it together. They find a purpose. They find a purpose. Loneliness it's a great struggle in our world right now. You're made to be connected. The third metaphor of the church is a body. Is a body. We're all different parts, but we're all connected to complete each other and function as a whole. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And so the principle, the point that goes with this, the third point today is in Christ's body, I discover my unique value. And this is where you really experience belonging. When you begin to join in serving with one another, you begin to experience that purpose and, and your unique value. And, and sometimes you won't know that until you take the step to serve. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it. And it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. There's many parts to us. We have all different and unique, and God has designed us this way. There's purpose in this. Everyone is needed to make this body complete. Everyone's a 10 in some area. And I love this. Like some of us are called to be musicians, and I love those that are serving today. And if you are a musician, you are invited to engage with it. God has gifted you in this way. God can use you to be part of this body. But some of you are like, I can't sing. If you put me in front of people, everybody will leave immediately. Well, that might be by God's design. Like you are gifted in some other way. And God is using you in an incredible way. We are many parts. Each of us, everyone is needed. And each of us has work to do. We belong to each other and we need each other. I love that scripture passage. You cannot fulfill God's purpose in your life without someone else. By yourself. 1 Corinthians 12, 15 and 16 says, If your foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if your ear says, well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm only an ear, not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? No. Maybe you feel like you're not very prominent in the things that you like to do. Never, never confuse prominence with significance. In fact, the scriptures talk about how sometimes like just like our own bodies, we, the parts of our bodies that we take the most greatest care of are the things that are hidden. And, and some of us, 
love to be behind the scenes and engaging, and, and usually that's the most important role. It's the beauty of God's family. So we are a body. The fourth metaphor is we are a flock. Jesus loved to use this. We're like a group of sheep banded together for safety, which in the city it's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> so it doesn't feel too appealing. But you and I don't really have an understanding of what sheep, how sheep are cared for. So I want to read us two passages from Scripture that explain this for us. Let's listen to this. I want to just read from you. We're not going to have it on the screen. Out of Psalm 23 and John 10. Psalm 23. This is a little bit different translation to help because we hear, heard this a bunch. I just want us to hear it in a different way. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet storm streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the valley, the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life, and afterwards I will live with you forever in your home. I love that. Now listen to Jesus' words. This is found in John 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand runs away because he cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and I lay my, my life down for my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can ever snatch them out of my hand. Can you hear the care and protection, the love? That sounds a little bit more appealing, doesn't it? In God's flock, this is the fourth point for us today, I'm protected and cared for. In God's flock, I am protected and cared for. And we need this. Real quick here on this point, God has placed in every church family two kinds of people to care. One is my pastors, that's the shepherds that God has put in place to care. He calls pastors to take care of God's flock, his people, that you are, that you are responsible for. That's what he says in 1 Peter. And then we have our, our, our one another's, our groups. We have dinner groups here. We have serving teams. And all of these are purposefully pursued to help us love one another. You need people to be around. We have dinner groups, men's dinner groups, women's dinner groups that meet during the week. And you're invited to engage with us in this way. So my small group looks out for me. There are 58 one another passages in Scripture. Now Galatians 6.2 says, Share with each other's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. God does something powerful through these relationships. And then quickly, the final metaphor is that we are a garden or a vineyard. I love this. Jesus talked about wine, by the way, a lot. And his first miracle is turning water into wine. And I think he knows where the best vineyards are in the country. But it's really interesting. Listen to Jesus. 
John 15, 1 and, 5, 1 and 5 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener, and you are the branches. So number five, this is the fifth point today. In God's garden, my life becomes productive. My life becomes productive. And this is the key, is that we need to be connected to Jesus, our loving shepherd, our true shepherd. Listen to his words, going back to John 15. He says, A branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I am them, will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So a disconnected branch cannot bear fruit. But when you are connected, you have life-giving energy. God is using you and I together. So we're always encouraging you to come back, come back, stay connected. We're always drifting away, right? And so we just need to get, 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 get grafted back in. Let's be connected. We need His life in us to be connected. Let's, uh, I want to end with this scripture passage, Ephesians 3.21, going back to where we started at the beginning. God, it says, glory belongs to God in the church and in Jesus Christ for all time and eternity. You are called to give God glory by belonging. So how can you do this? Well, maybe you're someone who's pursuing Christ. One of the first identifying marks of being part of his family, if you're ready to follow him, maybe you've been on a journey with us for a while, is to be baptized, to say, I am Christ. Maybe that's where you're at, where God, I'm ready, I am yours, and I'm ready to take this step of faith. Identifying mark of belonging is baptism. Are you a Christ follower? And you're, you've been engaging with us over the last several months. Maybe for you, it's taking the step to be part of this church family. We have a membership class we call Belong. And that's just what it's about, saying this is my church family. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm baptized, and this is where I want to engage. We'll be having a membership class next week. I'd love for you to join me after the service. Or in two weeks, excuse me, the last Sunday of the month. Or maybe you're here today, and you feel disconnected. Maybe you feel like your branch is broken. Well, let's take a comeback. Take a step. Join with us. This Thursday, we'll be serving at the Sharing Place. We do this once a month together. It's a place for us to engage a local food pantry where we help them bag uh, their supplies for their Saturday distribution. It's a phenomenal place to engage and get connected to others. That's a great place to start. You can sign up for that uh, by scanning your, your, your program or going on our website. But that's just a step. There's many others that you can do to take a step to connection. Maybe it's a dinner group. or Maybe it's serving on Sunday. Or just coming back if this is your first time. Keep taking those steps toward our loving, perfect Father, our Shepherd. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your words to us. And I know there's a lot of different metaphors we've chosen today, and so maybe one or two resonate with us in our hearts. And I pray that we would know that we can latch onto just one of these and experience your love for us and purpose in life. God, it's so hard in our world to be connected Everything is pushing us away from that. We have all these reasons to, to, to be divided from one another. And I pray that we would, because of you, work through those and love one another as you have loved us. We thank you for this, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.